Many of you have asked for it, and so I spent some of my paternity leave creating it, an introductory stoicism course. The best part? I've launched it using Gumroad's pay-what-you-want model. So if you want to pay $0, you can get the course for free. That's right, free. Learn more and enroll in the course by going to understandingstoicism.com. That's understandingstoicism.com. I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform, and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it, and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which, from personal experience, I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Good morning, Prakaptan. I hope that you're well. Today, we'll be going over Enchiridion 7, but first, as always, we have a few new patrons to welcome and thank, and a couple things to announce, and then ads. That's the way it is. Interesting factoid, 130,000 people tune into this podcast every single month, but only 300 of them pay to get rid of ads. You could be number 301 or number 1,000. And I hope you will seriously consider it because as of yesterday at 5 p.m., Glassbox and I are no longer in partnership. I'm very excited about this. And while I will have to run already sold ads until the end of the year, it's great to be rolling solo once again. New patrons include Jessica F., Nadia Q., Paul R., Patrick, no last name, and Don, again, no last name. Thank you to the five of you for becoming paying patrons of this podcast. You keep me on the air, so to speak. Patronizing my work is a big deal. If you would like to get an ad-free version of the podcast and support the work I do in the Stoicism community at large, you can go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. You are keeping this show independent, and you'll get some sweet extras for doing so. Now, it's time for a couple of ads, followed by the Enchiridion. Here come the ads. See you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hey there, Prakaptan. Welcome back from the zone of perpetual ads. Hey, at least it's not stamps.com, right? Oh my God. It wasn't stamps.com, was it? I'm so sorry if it was. That was a mistake. Today, we're covering Enchiridion 7, which reads as follows Consider when, on a voyage, your ship is anchored. If you go ashore to get water, you may along the way amuse yourself with picking up a shellfish or an onion. However, your thoughts and continual attention ought to be bent towards the ship, waiting for the captain to call you on board. You must then immediately leave all these things. Otherwise, you will be thrown into the ship, bound neck and feet, like a sheep. So it is with life. If, instead of an onion or a shellfish, you are given a wife or child, that is fine. But if the captain calls, you must run to the ship, leaving them and regarding none of them. But if you are old, never go far from the ship, lest when you are called, you should be unable to come in time. TLDR, your spouse is an onion, your kid is a shellfish, and you're a sheep. Thanks for coming, everyone. Have a good night. I'm kidding, of course, but your spouse is definitely an onion. What is Epictetus saying here? What's he getting at? At first pass, I thought it was only about death, but I might be wrong about that. I think the last bit, this bit, but if you are old, never go far from the ship, lest when you are called, you should be unable to come in time. I think this is referencing our readiness for death in old age, that if we are close to the idea of death, or accepting the fact that it is an inevitability, metaphorically stated as the captain calling for us, that we won't kick and scream when death calls for us. We won't become emotionally distraught and fearful. But what about the similar lines before these closing lines? These ones. So it is with life. If, instead of an onion or a shellfish, you are given a wife or child, that is fine. But if the captain calls, you must run to the ship, leaving them and regarding none of them. Is he talking about the same thing? That we should be willing to die easily and not fear death for the sake of our child or spouse? I am not sure. But this reminds me of part of a Christian book I read, 
recently, actually, within the last year or so, called The Pilgrim's Progress. The entire book is an allegory for accepting Jesus and finding God and salvation as a human being. But there's a scene in the very beginning where the protagonist of the story, the pilgrim, who has heard the word of God, is begged by his family not to go off in search of the path to heaven and salvation. They need him at home, and they don't believe in any of that sort of stuff. But he feels to save his soul, to save his life, he must choose salvation over everything else, that he must leave them. And through the magic of editing, I'm going to Google and find that part in mere moments. Ah, here it is. Oh, my dear wife, said he, and you, my sweet children, I, your dear friend, am in myself undone by reason of a burden that lieth hard upon me. Moreover, I am told to a certainty that this, our city, will be burned with fire from heaven, in which fearful overthrow both myself with thee, my wife, and you, my sweet babies, shall miserably come to ruin except some way of escape can be found whereby we may be delivered. At this, all his family were sore amazed, not for that they believed that what he had said to them was true, but because they thought that some frenzy or madness had gotten into his head. Therefore, it drawing towards night, and they hoping that sleep might settle his brain, with all haste they got him to bed. But the night was as troublesome to him as the day. Wherefore, instead of sleeping, he spent it in sighs and tears. So when the morning came, they wanted to know how he was, and he told them, worse and worse. He also set to talking to them again, but they began to be hardened. They also thought to drive away his madness by harsh and surly treatment of him. Sometimes they would ridicule, sometimes they would chide, and sometimes they would quite neglect him. Wherefore, he began to retire himself to his chamber, to pray for and pity them, and also to sorrow over his own misery. He would also walk solitary in the fields, sometimes reading and sometimes praying, and thus for some days did he spend his time. In the end, because his family wouldn't believe him, he ends up leaving to find salvation on his own. I believe, in fact, that his family dies, but I don't remember. I am, in general, a little uncomfortable with Enchiridion 7 because what I think Epictetus is saying is too similar to what I think is a very toxic idea in Christian faiths, in Abrahamic faiths in general, that our service to God and reverence to Scripture is more important than our duty to family. But this is a complicated feeling because technically, I suppose I agree to some extent. I can care about my family— but know that I must develop a virtuous character, and know also that I cannot allow my family to prevent me from being virtuous, or working towards becoming virtuous. I am not smart enough to articulate this clearly enough, but there's something different when it comes to Stoicism on this front, when compared to Christianity or Abrahamic faiths, I mean. The pilgrim has to leave his family to pursue salvation out there in the world. But this is an allegory, so what's really being said is that the pilgrim must be willing to prioritize salvation over the well-being of his family. Stoicism doesn't say exactly this, but it does seem to say something similar, that our choices are what convey our virtue, and we must make virtuous choices no matter what our family says or thinks or wants us to do. So there is some alignment here in that the thing— 
whether it be salvation or virtue, is the highest good, or only good in the case of Stoicism. But because in Christianity, God is external to the self, there is a difference. Again, perhaps that I am not smart enough to articulate, because in Stoicism, God is part of the self, and virtue is entirely an internal characteristic. There is no need to leave anyone or abandon anyone, because you are the heaven, the church, the God, and the pilgrim, all right there in one body. So, in the pilgrim's progress, the pilgrim must go away to seek salvation, and must abandon his role as a parent, whereas a Stoic cannot abandon their role as a parent, or any role for that matter. And I guess that's it. That's the difference. That's the thing I wasn't smart enough a few moments ago to articulate. Maybe I've gotten a little smarter since then. The difference is that the pilgrim can abandon previously assumed duties in order to pursue salvation, because attaining salvation at all costs is acceptable. But the Prokoptan can only achieve salvation, or in the case of Stoicism virtue, partially anyway, through their duties, through their roles. And this is an important distinction. The pilgrim has a duty to God, and that duty is super to all other roles responsibilities, and duties. But in Stoicism, no role or responsibility or duty can conflict with any other. No role or responsibility or duty can demand that you abandon any other role or duty or responsibility. In search of salvation, you can abandon your family, even condemn them and look down on them for not being in search of salvation themselves. In search of virtue, however, as the Stoics define it anyway, you can do no such thing. It would be unvirtuous, in fact, to do so, and thus antithetical to the search for virtue. Then what Epictetus is saying is that you must be willing to leave your spouse and child when called to duty. But he's not framing that in the same way that John Bunyan did in 1678 when he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. Instead, and we can safely assume this because we know about the circles of concern and Stoic role ethics, he is suggesting that we must be willing to leave our spouse and child because service to the cosmopolis, being called by the captain of the ship off to war or to return to our journey, is a role we must play, and that it is a role that filling results in us filling the role as spouse and parent more completely and competently because service to the cosmopolis is service to the family. Or, at least, that's what I got out of it. Thanks for listening today. Consider joining the Discord community by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash discord. It's free. Consider also becoming a patron of my work at stoicismpod.com forward slash members. You get all kinds of things for doing so. Go check that out. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take care. <laughs>